One of the things that was really fundamental, at least to my understanding and what I wanted to bring to the table, was how do I make the work of my researchers more efficient and my designers more efficient so that they can intentionally focus on the work of getting research done properly. It means sourcing the right platforms, being very uh, forward thinking and looking at what's going to happen in the future so that we're not reactive, but more progressive in the way that we do research. Welcome to UXpeditious, a show that shares quick and efficient insights from product, user experience, and design leaders across the tech industry. In each interview, we dive into how UX research impacts user insights, shaping the design and business strategy of some of our favorite tech tools and products. I'm Alfonso Dilanues, co-CEO and co-founder of UserZoom. And I'm Dana Bishop, VP of Strategic Research Partners at UserZoom. And we are your hosts. There is a systemic diversity and inclusivity problem across society, and this extends to user research. Too many groups are underrepresented in user research studies. And this is why we need to cast wider nets to better understand and serve all our users. On today's episode, Temi Tayo Olasimbo, Research Operations Manager at Best Buy, joins us to talk about her diversity, equity, and inclusion work at one of North America's largest consumer electronics retailers. Hey, Temi, how are you doing? I am doing well. I am doing well. Thank you for having me. We're honored to have you. If you could please just spend a minute introducing yourself. My full name is actually Temi Tayo Olasimba, and it's Nigerian. My parents are both Nigerian immigrants, and I was born here in St. Paul, Minnesota, while my dad was attending University of St. Thomas College. My name means my happiness. I always like to tell people that because a lot of the energy that I bring is of positivity in everything that I do. Anybody that knows the equity work, if you are not positive, it would be something that would literally basically break you down. And we don't want that to happen. That's awesome. So, Temi, UX research operations, or also known as research ops, is a fairly new role, as we all know. And We'd love to hear you tell us more about it and kind of explain how it impacts uh, the larger UX research efforts and strategy at Best Buy. One of the things that has been really fundamental was how do I make the work of my researchers more efficient and my designers more efficient so that they can really, really intently and intentionally focus on the work of getting research done properly. So it means sourcing the right platforms, being very uh, forward thinking and looking at what's going to happen in the future so that we're not reactive, but more progressive in the way that we do research. My work and the people that are now supporting me is how do we make that happen? How do I make you come to work and you enjoy doing research? How do I do that with you concentrating on that and me basically doing what it is? So a lot of strategic uh, vendor management is what we now do at Best Buy. And also a lot of training and also a little bit of change management. I think because people have had uh, designers and researchers that had to scrape in the past with basically wearing all the different hats. When things aren't working properly, they would have to kind of like put the research to the side and try to figure out why this isn't working, what's going on with the platform. Well, now having a so dedicated person and my team in charge, they don't have to focus on that. 
They don't have to worry about that. I'm that middle person that coordinates and facilitates whatever issue, whether it be technical or even getting those educational offerings in place so that researchers can learn more about the tools that they're using in a way that is going to be real life for them. And I know one area that you're really active in is DEI efforts. Can you tell us more about the importance of incorporating DEI into UX research practice? Absolutely. Thank you. You are speaking to my heart. <laughs> well, in support of Best Buy's commitment to uh, spend, I think, about $1.2 billion with diverse suppliers by 2025. That's a bold statement and a bold goal. I was part of an internal stakeholder panel. And we were really responsible for evaluating and selecting minority vendors that would primarily help us in reaching not only our financial commitment, but would also help us really dig in deep to learn about the many diverse demographic that show up with us. Another one of the things that is really, really important to me is the power of storytelling. When you are able to really tell a good story, what you're going to be able to do is invoke people to care about a particular subject. You can talk about technical things all day. We all are well-versed in like, you do this to do this, and you can use this tool to do that. But if you are not very intentional, what I refer to as intentional inclusive research, if you are not really passionate about it from the onset, that would affect basically what kind of research your researchers or your designers are designing experience, right? They're conducting. So for me, it starts from the onset of even before you do the intake of research, research manifesto. If you are telling people that you want folks to be intentionally diverse and to seek that out when they are actually conducting their studies, what sort of our guidelines have you in place for them? What's going to empower them to maybe challenge, let's say, an executive that is just really set in their views of like, this is the kind of research and here's what we're looking for. And we just need validation. When you have an able-bodied person, are we doing things intentionally to make sure that they feel seen and included in the way that we conduct our research? And then it goes through the whole stages of research, right, Dana? When you do all of those things, when you're now synthesizing and analyzing those reports? Are you making sure all of those implicit biases that we might have is not playing front and center? When we are sharing those results out, are we making sure that self-identifying things that we did not ask or have participant consent to, that we're not including it in those reports? So just being very intentional and thoughtful in every stages of your research project, I think is really paramount. So with that focus on participant panel diversity, obviously it's very important. That was great insight into the importance of it. What methods are you using to ensure diversity when you're running research? My last leader, one of the things that she did, her name is Jen Tavis, when she came and and led this group was, she said, we're going to do things a little bit differently. All of those studies that we used to do before where people just automatically assumed that the majority experience was what everybody else needed to adapt to, right? We'll just go in there and we'll just recruit participants. We don't really look for like able-bodied. We don't look for gender. We don't look for like race, right? And we just always created this experiences just using that one, you know, broad stroke. She then um, mandated and said, what is not non-negotiable is she needed 50% BIPOC representation on all studies. She wanted to be sure that we had 20% for accessibility, making sure that we were also going to be targeting, you know, those folks that had disability and also people that the gender non-binary, 
When you're creating an experience and intimately wanting to know each consumer and what matters to them, those are the kind of tangible things that you have to put on the table. Goals. You can't only just deal with the sentiment of like, oh, I know everybody wants to be diverse, right? No. There is a clear goal that was put on the table that this is what is expected of all of the researchers when we're conducting our studies. Also including in screeners, where there's a general question that relates to diversity. Using those diversity panel that we had talked about earlier and also contracting sometimes with external organizations that maybe have gotten this right so that they can help us when we need something really focused. Or even when you're talking about senior, like some of the things that we do on our consumer health deals primarily with seniors. That's also us doing inclusive, intentional research. The way that you talk to an older population is very different from the way that you talk to a Gen Z, right? Right. So again, it's just that whole intentionality around the kind of research that we conduct and how we make sure that we are setting ourselves up for success, for lack of a better term. Those sort of things, I would say, are the things that we use to help us. For me, I was like, how do you hold vendors accountable when you have not really set goals from the onset? I don't want it to be when I'm negotiating at the end of the contract and then I'm like, oh, surprise, you didn't perform well. I don't like gotchas. I don't think it's fair, right? That's not being equitable. So when I got enrolled, one of the first things was like, I needed to establish goals and it has to be attainable goals and fair goals. I wasn't going to come into my uh, vendors and say, guess what? You should have a benchmark that has do, 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 do. No, no, no. I'm being realistic. And I knew that prior to like a few years, people really didn't talk very much about diversity. So for me, I'm like, okay, we can start a benchmark. So long as we are progressing together and there's progress being made, that's good. That's good enough for me. We do an annual survey of the UX industry as called the State of the UX Survey. We ran it in January and we found out that only about half of the people who participated said that DEI considerations are standard practice. The other half said it's not standard practice. Why do you think that is and what can be done to change that? I mean, obviously, you've got it at Best Buy and it's not standard other places. Those mandates don't exist in, in more than half of companies. To be really frank, if industries and businesses do not start taking this seriously, they are going to be caught, for lack of a better term, with their pants down when all of this consumers that are asking for more, that are asking for all of these tailored experiences. And that also includes a population that is getting more diverse as we speak. Soon enough in the future, I think, is it 2050? We're thinking that the white population might be a minority in America. So when you have a big fact data out there and you're not responding to said, you know, demographic change, that's on you. The onus is on the organizations to really deem this important. And I don't understand how much more you can say that. It's like leaving money on the table, for lack of a better term. We all know that the consumers nowadays are not only shopping about just, oh yeah, this looks good. They're also shopping based on social justice issues. They're shopping based on what is the company doing in the community? Is the company doing anything that I'm aligned with? The industry is a little bit lagging behind, but um, if they don't catch up soon, we're going to find ourselves being reactionary sometimes when it's a little bit too late. It's good business. I honestly feel like being inclusive is good business and it's going to help with your bottom line. Everybody should care about this. Can you tell us from your experience, how has 
importing DEI efforts in research actually impacted business strategy and outcomes? When you're creating a strategy, you have to think holistically about the people that are consuming whatever experience or products that you are offering. That's right. The world is getting smaller and smaller daily. And if you're not taking advantage of the insights that you gain from like research and you're not designing those products to fit those insights, then your strategy is off or not. And of course, then that means your execution is definitely out the window too. I think one of the reasons too why this is really important is a lot of times when you make strategies and you then create those tactics, you no longer have to work the way we used to work back in the day where it's like, oh, it's a gut reaction. And your gut reaction, the, the success rate might be a 50-50. Well, how about you have insights that clearly, if we do our job well, is telling you that this is what those people that are going in the stores to buy your products are saying they need. It gives your success rate and chance and probability a lot higher. So for me, it's a win-win. Why wouldn't you want to use those sort of insights to make informed decisions so that for the most part, we can demand those return on investments to be a, a little bit higher? Exactly. Totally agree. It has been truly a pleasure meeting you today. Really enjoyed the conversation. Yes, likewise. That's the wonderful Timmy Tayo Olasimbo, Research Operations Manager at Best Buy and a tireless advocate for diversity and inclusion practices as we iterate on design. Thanks for listening to UXpeditious. Make sure to continue listening to our new episodes each week for quality insights from UX industry leaders. If you like what you heard, help us out by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform. UXpeditious is produced by UserZoom in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team, Christopher Ratcliffe from UserZoom and the team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Saff, Amy Machado, Hannah Pedersen, Colleen Pellissier, and Jason Mack.